Hey guys, welcome to the 11th blog or podcast, depending on uh, what you're listening on. Uh, you know, today we'll be talking about how to get an intern or research position, uh, specifically in college or even after graduate school. This can apply to you if you're in high school, you're in college, or even after, take some helpful tips uh, and just, you know, get a step, uh, step above and get into that top tier, that top echelon of people that you want to be in to be hired in a job or get that position. Uh, head over to mybiologyexperience.com if you want to read more blogs, you know, check out some more posts, stuff like that. We'll be posting some PDFs soon of the um, courses of college courses they could study from in the future. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the blog today. It is almost expected when applying to a graduate school or profession after college that you have some sort of experience. This experience can range from each application and can be as simple as having the skill set for the job or having a minimum number of hours worked within that field of study. The most daunting thing about obtaining experience is often finding it. Some opportunities are easier to find than others, but the task of searching, finding the right one, and sometimes even qualifying can be a challenge in itself. The rest of this post will provide you with all the ways I've gained experience in the healthcare field. I've had some, I've had almost all types of learning experiences from shadowing and full-fledged jobs. The first up is resume. One of the most important things to have is a resume. The first resume you should create is around the age of 16 and should include the basics such as your level of schooling and activities you take part in. As you gain experience, schooling, and extracurriculars, your resume should be constantly updated. The most important thing to do is have a master list of all activities, jobs, and education you have done or currently doing. Every job and application is specific in what they are looking for, and, ha and uh, having the ability to change what is on your resume to fit the needs is vital. I will be sharing a blog post soon on what my resume looks like. I've had my resume looked at by professors, recruiters, and many companies, and even my resume is not perfect. The keys to getting as close to a perfect resume as possible is to be organized, concise, and professional. Your resume is the first thing an employer sees about you. It is your first impression, and you want to put everything they are looking for up front so you can be a top candidate. Confidence. Confidence is key in every aspect of experience, from getting the position to doing well in the position. When I was in ninth grade, I was, I was beginning to look into what I was interested in doing in college. I knew I wanted to do something with healthcare, and originally I settled on athletic training. To make sure I was interested in this, I approached the athletic trainer of my high school and expressed my interest in shadowing her because of her profession. She was extremely excited and happily agreed. For about three months, I shadowed her after school, learning what she did before games, during injuries, and during her lulls to succeed at her job. I was eager and willing to learn, and she was extremely appreciative of it. The sad part about the story is that after those three months, I decided it wasn't what I wanted to do. I was hoping to do more action instead of being reactive to the situation. During, it, those, during that summer and many nights of research, I became interested in becoming a physician's assistant. I did the same thing and went to the local urgent care, walking up to the front desk and asking if they offered any shadowing opportunities. They gave me information and people to contact. As a result, I had the opportunity to shadow a physician assistant in ninth grade. <clears throat> I learned so much and fell in love with what I hoped to be my future career. For all of these shadowing opportunities and others such as my EMT job, I was extremely confident. Don't be scared to ask because in most cases, people wanna help. 
Anyone you are shadowing or working under was probably in your position at one point or another and most likely knows the feeling. If they say no to you, however, that's all that's going to happen. You aren't going to burn to ashes because you were rejected. You will be rejected multiple times in your life, but how you react to being rejected tells people more about a person than getting accepted sometimes. Sacrifice. With internships and gaining experience, there's often a huge detour people face. This detour is sacrifice. When entering a shadowing position or a position to learn basic skills to build your resume, the biggest sacrifice is often money. Many shadowing positions and internships are often hardworking and time-consuming jobs, especially in healthcare. In healthcare, it is not likely that you will be paid unless you have a license, certification, or degree in a field. This often leaves high school students, college students, or someone looking to change their career path in a hard spot. They are left with an extremely profitable long-term ROI and a detrimental short-term ROI. If you want to hear more about ROI, go to blog number six, where we talk about it in healthcare and uh, specifically how you could use it to benefit yourself in the future. If you have ever seen the movie Pursuit of Happiness, this is a perfect example of long-term ROI and a negative short-term ROI from an internship. Every person's life is different, and I cannot speak for everyone. But if you're willing to take the risk and sacrifice your dreams, you will not only be profitable in your wallet, but you'll be profitable with happiness. There is a saying that people who are more willing to become the opposite of what they are more uh, what they want are more likely to become what they want. This means, for example, that uh, this means, for example, the more willing you are to lose all of your money and take risks, the chance of becoming rich and extremely profitable increases. So dream big and sacrifice what you can sacrifice. So obtaining a research or internship position is not an easy thing to do per se, especially for someone in college or in high school. Uh, for example, take me, I am a pre-PA student here at Arcadia University right now. But when I was applying to the pre-PA students of DeSales University and Arcadia University and looking at other ones, they asked for not experience because they knew that I was too young to gain experience in the healthcare industry, uh, such as direct patient care that requires having certifications and EMT licenses that you often have to be over the age of 18 to have. Um, but they look at these uh, interests of shadowing and they replace the shadowing with, um, with experience per se for me. And getting that was not easy. Uh, I, it took me many times to go around and build up that confidence as I was talking before. But at that young age, it was easy to gain experience because I didn't have to give up many things. Uh, again, ROI is a big thing. You can go check out another blog on that one, and we'll talk more about that. It's, I think it's very important to uh, getting an internship position and just understanding how people are looking at you and evaluating you as a person. It's one of the most important things to do, I believe, and that no one talks about. Um, but I didn't have to give up uh, money because my parents paid for just about everything that I did. Uh, and stuff like that. So I was able to kind of gain experience in a very easy way. But for some college students out there, um, and many, I'd say majority of college students, they're paying for just about majority of the things that they're doing. So thus, getting an internship is kind of hard, getting experience is very hard. So you need to present yourself in a way. And one of the ways to do that is being confident. Confidence goes an extremely long way. If you are in any field, whether you, it is computer science, whether it is healthcare, whether it's construction, mathematics, being a teacher, having someone that's not confident in what they're doing is just counterproductive to what, uh, to what their goal is of hiring you. You come in, let's say, 
when I walked into the urgent care to get that chatting position for that physician's assistant, and when I got it for my athletic trainer, I didn't walk in twiddling my thumbs around, putting my hands in my pocket and and doing all these things that I was shy and I was not confident. I didn't know what was going to happen. I walked in and I said, hey, my name is Patrick Ensmenger. Uh, I'm interested in becoming an athletic trainer. Um, I am really interested in your position. And I think that shadowing you would give me a perfect opportunity to learn more about this career path and whether or not I'd like to do it in the future. Uh, would you be in, uh, interested in the opportunity of allowing me to shadow you and, uh, and see what you do on the daily uh, routine? Uh, to say something like that, you need to state your purpose is the first thing. Why are you there? Why do you need this shadowing position? Why are you interested in this shadowing position is first and foremost. Don't go, oh, I need this shadowing position in order um, to be accepted to graduate school. Uh, I need this position in order to be accepted to college or, or get this job. No one wants to do that to you if you don't want to seem like you don't want to be there. So the first thing to do is show that you are interested. And whether you kind of have to lie about this, I mean, that's up to you. If you're lying about you know, shadowing someone and saying that you're not interested and you're not interested in shadowing that person, that's probably not the career path for you. Let's be honest, because if you're not interested in that career field, you should not be you should not be there uh, shadowing that person. If you're not happy shadowing that person, that's probably another thing for you. Go find something else, because I'll tell you right now, you'll be very unhappy when you're learning all those subjects, because everything you're going to learn with that person that you're shadowing is going to be your four years of college, if not more, if, you're, if you need more experience. So that's the first and foremost thing. So once you state your purpose, explain uh, what they can do for you. Again, being approached by someone, uh, let's say by athletic trainer, she doesn't know who I was really. She just knew that I was an athlete that was out there. I played lacrosse, I played volleyball and stuff like that. She wants to be told um, what she can do for me. You don't want to walk in and say, hey, I need uh, I was interested in shadowing you for this. Uh, is that possible? Say what you could do for her. When do you want to shadow her? When are your availabilities? Be confident straight to the point of what you need uh, for this, but also be relying upon them to uh, understand what they need to do. They need to, like for me, I needed to get her approved by the school and, and by the hospital that she was contracted out through. So it was a whole other process, but continue on with that. And the third thing is just to be very personable. Uh, here at Arcadia University, as being part of the honors school, um, I have to take many uh, courses that evaluate leadership, evaluate teamwork, and stuff like that. I've probably taken three three courses now on that stuff, and one of the most um, positive results of doing something in an interview is being personable. And I, I think I've stated this in a previous podcast, but every single person is a person. Like we're all human beings out here. We all have families. We all have things that we enjoy. We all have purpose to what we're doing. And if you walk in and you're just a robot who's just being, oh, I need this, uh, I need that, and you don't share anything about yourself, you don't share why you're interested, you don't share like your interest outside of that, um, and talk to the person like they're another human being, you will not succeed. That person will not um be the the biggest fan of you. I shouldn't say they're not going to be the uh, fan of you or like you, but they're not going to be um, as much as a friend to you as you would hope. Um, and that would help for future things. If you need a letter of recommendation, it's a lot easier to get from them uh, and things like that. So that's the first thing is be personal and ways to do that. Is just sharing your life. Don't go in there and act like someone you're not, because in the end, 
you can't keep acting like someone you're not. That just causes you to feel mentally drained at the end of the day. Be happy with what you're doing again and be yourself. Uh, that's the first and foremost. So I know I mentioned uh, the movie Pursuit of Happiness. And I think that this is an absolutely perfect example of long-term ROI and short-term negative ROI. Oh, I said, sorry, long-term positive ROI and short-term negative ROI. And this is something that a lot of people will face throughout um, their careers in getting internships and research positions. But with internships and research positions, especially more towards internships, you're not going to get paid uh, very well. And in order to become higher ranking and a higher uh, ranking uh, staff in that company that you are internshiping at, you're going to have to take a negative ROI. And the pursuit of happiness, if you don't understand, there is this man who's very interested in selling, uh, I believe it's a portable bone con um, density uh, calculating machines that are, you know, whatever. It was basically a healthcare luxury that was offered to people during this time period. And he bought uh, a lot of them. Uh, he probably bought, I think it was like 200 or something of them. And he thought he was going to sell them all out. He's going to make a huge profit. He went all in on this. But turns out people didn't really want them. It was considered luxury to healthcare providers. And no one was really buying them. He had some of them stolen from him and things like that. And he came across a broker in New York City who seemed to be really happy. All the characteristics of enjoying life. He was wealthy. He was happy. He just seemed very joyous in that moment. And as he walked by in this his suit trying to sell this uh, bone density measurement machine, he had the idea of becoming a broker. So he looked up and called and, and went inside and started in talking to people. And he eventually got on to uh, an interview where he kept going and he got on and there was an unpaid internship for six months or something like that. And he had no money. He was losing his house. He was losing rent. He was doing all these things, um, but he just couldn't do it. He became homeless with a child. His, his wife left him, uh, and you know, but he was still working hard at, at that internship position. And he knew what the end goal would be, even though only one of like 25 or 30 internships would, uh, internees would get that position to be an actual broker at that company. He kept going because it was a, such a high long-term ROI. And in the end, he worked and worked his butt off uh, and he got the position. And he lived um, to make a healthy salary, I would assume. But this is a perfect example that you need to put in and sacrifice yourself in the short term if that long term is what you see it as. If you are predicted to uh, be happy in a position, you might have to take you know three months of just being miserable in one position so you can move up and just get that position. And sometimes that's just like ha uh, life is. You can't just sit there and be unhappy with your situation, not do anything about it. You can sit there and quit and go, I'm not going to do this anymore. I want to be there. But the only way to get there is to be unhappy in that position. So either there's, it's a contradictory statement where you want to be happy, but you're not going to be happy at that moment. So it's, you know, something to really evaluate and, you know, look at. But the most important thing is just be confident, you know, have a good personality in your resume. I'll be sharing more about my resume later, but happy it's just being organized being concise. It's your first opportunity to show the employer who you are. You want to show that you're organized. You want to show that you're professional, that you, you're functional. You, you can use words and, and make statements properly and, and be articulate with what you're saying. 
So when you come to your resume, you want to have a first impression. You only get one first impression. And no matter what anyone says, that first impression is extremely important. Someone gets a bias off you right away when they see that resume. And same thing when you're walking into an interview. When you walk into an interview, you want to be dressed professionally. You want to be dressed above the standard of what that company or internship position is. You want to be above their standards so that they can remember you and say, this is a reliable, competent young man or woman who is going to be an asset that we can use at this job. So just be there, handshakes, stuff like that. Um, ask questions. It's always good, import, uh, good and important to ask questions. One of the questions that I like to ask, and I think is one of the best questions to ask because it gives you an opportunity at the end to evaluate yourself and show that you are worth to this company, is when they go, do you have any questions for us? You, you respond with, uh, yes. Um, is there anything on my resume that you would find concerning uh, about me not getting this position or I could work on in the future. And if they respond with, yes, actually, uh, we find this part concerning, um, you know, we wish you had this instead. That gives you a chance to rebuttal them and give them an, uh, a counter argument of why you are fit for that position and why that on the resume reflects that. The resume only reflects so much of what you're saying. It doesn't give the entire story. And sometimes, you know, people see past that and they don't understand uh, your full life story. So you can explain what's on and give yourself a second opportunity to prove yourself and put yourself even further into that upper echelon. So that is a very good question to ask. Um, I'll probably be doing another one and specifically interview etiquette and stuff like that, along with the resume um, in a future blog. But until now, that's all I have for today. Make sure you head over to mybiologyexperience.com. Give this a like, subscribe to the account. We're growing every single day and I hope to connect more uh, biology students around the, the world. Uh, yeah, so let's spread our branches together, guys. Have a good one.